presented by Facebook. Good morning, Playbookers. I'm Raghu Munavalan. It's Wednesday. We got some details on the newly primaried Liz Cheney's next move. It's her Politico Playbook Daily Briefing. Representative Liz Cheney is wasting no time beginning the next phase of her bid to prevent Donald Trump's return to office. Cheney spokesperson Jeremy Adler tells Playbook exclusively, quote, In coming weeks, Liz will be launching an organization to educate the American people about the ongoing threat to our republic and to mobilize a unified effort to oppose any Donald Trump campaign for president. The new group, which will serve as Cheney's primary political vehicle as she considers whether to run for president in 2024, does not have an official name yet an informed guest, The Great Task, which was the name of Cheney's final ad of the campaign. The phrase is from the last sentence of the Gettysburg Address, and Cheney also referenced it in her concession speech last night from Jackson, Wyoming. Worth noting, Cheney will be on NBC's Today Show at 7 a.m. Cheney lost her seat, but she gained something else. She's now the undisputed leader of the Trump opposition. Worth noting, that competition wasn't very stiff. Top Democrats, including President Joe Biden, are still hesitant to focus exclusively on Trump, despite believing that he represents a unique threat to American democracy. Never Trump Republicans, like former Ohio Governor John Kasich, have struggled to remain relevant out of office when their main platform is a cable news panel. Potential 2024 Trump challengers, like Florida Governor Ron DeSantis, are content emulating the former president but are too afraid to directly criticize him. Only former New Jersey Governor Chris Christie saw political opportunity in the fact that his party's presidential frontrunner is in the middle of an Espionage Act criminal investigation. GOP critics of Trump, like South Dakota Representative Dusty Johnson, who survived primaries this year, did so by downplaying their anti-Trumpism. And Cheney has stepped into this anti-Trump vacuum, first with their prominence and aggressiveness on the January 6th committee, where she's reliably taken the most hawkish positions on process debates about the investigation and how hard to lean into accusations of lawbreaking by Trump. Then, by leveraging the national attention that her Wyoming primary received, she raised nearly $14 million for the race and didn't spend much of it. When Team Playbook was reporting in Wyoming earlier this year, there were glimmers of the campaign that she might have run, one in which she downplayed Trump and emphasized local issues and her popular family name. Early on, Cheney's aides wargamed a race with a large field of MAGA candidates who divided the anti-Cheney vote. In that scenario, and with the assistance of a surge of Democratic Party switchers voting in the primary, the nearly 30% of the vote that Cheney received on Tuesday night might have been enough. But once Trump and Representative Kevin McCarthy coalesced around Harriet Hageman, that path to victory for Cheney was blocked. Even long-serving political consultants abandoned her. Politico's Alex Eisenstadt reports that majority strategies, Cheney's direct mail firm, refused to work with her. Brett Burek, the firm's CEO, told Alex, quote, House Republicans and other GOP leaders made it very clear who they were supporting. We've been in business for nearly 30 years and have historically supported candidates backed by leadership. The cycle is no different for us. There are two ways to look at what Cheney has done in sacrificing her house seat to maintain her impeccable anti-Trump credentials. It can be seen as an act that was principled to a fault in which the thing that was lost, elected office, is what was most valuable to her politically. Many candidates before her have run campaigns of convenience and hypocrisy because they believed surviving to serve in office justified it. And many of them are remembered for what they did after election day, not before it. If Cheney had found some clever ways to cut a few corners and rein in her antipathy to Trump on her way to defeating his 
protege, would anyone have condemned her for longer than an afternoon Twitter cycle? But the other way to look at it is that Cheney calculated that a national platform and massive fundraising base built around her fearless and uncompromising opposition to Trump is far more politically valuable than serving in Kevin McCarthy's House majority. It is a more modern way of understanding political power in which attention is the coin of the realm. Cheney has the Trump-hating and Trump-addicted slice of the attention economy all to herself. She clearly intends to use it. CNN's Jeff Zeleny, doing hardship duty from Jackson, Wyoming, notes that James Goldston, the former TV news executive who produced the January 6 hearings, was at Cheney's campaign event in Jackson with the film crew. So rather than a kamikaze mission, her primary loss may have been more like parachuting out of a plane that had outlived its usefulness. Her great task now is figuring out where to land. While many analysts scoff at the idea of a Cheney presidential run, Politico's David Siders reminds us in today's playbook again of what can happen in a big field. Quote, in the presidential election, decided at the margins, Cheney's roughly 30% of the GOP primary vote might be enough in some swing states to keep Trump out of the White House. Not enough for Cheney to win, but enough to drag him down. Republican strategist Mike Madrid tells Siders, quote, that is the best way to stop him from becoming president. Light schedule in D.C. today. The president has nothing on his public schedule. The vice president has nothing on her public schedule. The Senate and the House are out today. So how about some book news? Jared Kushner's new memoir got panned in a review by The New York Times. Quote, Reading this book reminded me of watching a cat lick a dog's igu. Benjamin Netanyahu has a book coming out this November, and Facebook will not be altering its timeline for reviewing Trump's suspension from the platform. A top company executive told Politico's David Siders and Rebecca Kern, quote, regardless of whether he announces he's running again for president. For more news on what's breaking in D.C. right now, subscribe to the Playbook newsletter. That's at politico.com playbook. Our music is composed by the mysterious Breakmaster Cylinder. I'm Rogumun Avalin. Have a good Wednesday. We'll see you first thing tomorrow morning. Facebook is taking action to keep its platform safe. Their safety and security teams are over 40,000 strong. That's more than the size of the FBI. All for more meaningful connections. Learn more about the work ahead at facebook.com forward slash action.